2: The Around the NFL podcast. Starring the old Zeuser and Dan Zeus. Also Greg and Mark. Oh, I like that.
3: From the Chris Wesley podcast studio, it's Around the NFL. I am Dan Zeus. I am the old Zeuser. I am Tugboat. I'm the new old Blue Eyes. I'm Daddy Rich. And I'm happy to be joined by the old boss and the Quiet Storm. Rare that a money <laughs> drop. Uh...
4: Was Dan's internal monologue for every, at the start of every show. <laughs> I deny <laughs> that's nothing.
5: So he thinks I'm it. annoyed now at Money for agreeing to voice that he should have had a better defense no, actually, system. To be fair, Money has made it clear
4: over the years that Mark's his favorite. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, he told us that in Indianapolis. So it's definitely Mark one. Um, Wes is in there in absentia, of course. Dan, Dan's in there, and I'm a distant fourth. There's
5: a tiered system in yeah. between <clears throat> the, the top three and you, Greg. There is there does seem to be. I don't a space. think there's any
3: question uh, that Greg's outside the medal. He's not. <laughs> he's not on the podium. Understand? He's like, yeah, K Rich uh, fourth, uh, TD, <laughs>
4: Lindsey Fulton in there, and Erica, of course, higher than that, you know, Oops. but and, and Greg.
3: So, yes, uh, yesterday was one of the biggest news shows in around the NFL history. You had the blockbuster to beat all blockbusters with Russell Wilson heading to the Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks appearing to enter a rebuild here, and we're going to get into the news and another vital figure in the history of the organization who departed yesterday after we recorded. I also want to say that as the Russell Wilson shockwaves Settle into just tremors And we're going to have Sean Michael Dugar From The Athletic On the podcast tomorrow To talk about Where the Seahawks Go um, moving forward But do you know That every Hmm. It's kind of like A flashpoint For the Seahawks
4: franchise When you say Uh, I think it is You know They really um, They really are Heading in a Uncertain direction
6: Flashpoint
4: Dan's eyes lit up so big when he realized he could sing even
3: sooner than he expected on this show. So excited. (laughs) We are, every minute that passes, every hour that passes, every day that passes, takes us that much closer to the yet-to-be-scheduled Russell Wilson introductory press conference in Denver. I mean, that's going to be fun. Can you imagine how cheesy... That press conference is going to be. It's going to be off the charts. How corny that press conference is going to be.
5: I've been in the habit of skipping those. Uh, Not this. Wholesale. One. This one will is sort of must see territory for at least the first ten of forty minutes. It will go on. He's for. got a lot to live up to. I remember the Peyton Manning goodbye
4: to Indianapolis, hello to Denver, back to back press conferences. Might be the the gold standard in like quarterbacks changing places. I think Russell's going to try to match that.
3: It's going to be fun. I think uh Ciara is going to be there you would imagine um and uh I just can't wait there, there is this there is this whole hmm. um subplot that this 2022 season is going to be very Russell Wilson heavy. He's going to be out front. There's going to be revenge games. There's going to be storylines. And I believe there's going to be a good amount of unintentional comedy. In fact, I would think for that press conference, it, what if we did like a live stream of our reaction to the press conference? Just throwing out ideas. I'm an ideas man.
5: I think it's it's you are an, an ideas man. Um, it's a solid one. It sounds like, again, this thing is going to go on for 45 Let's do to it. 50 you know minutes. What? I've
4: been wanting to do a Twitter Spaces with us uh one of these days and I think that's the perfect time for it I think we should it's a good time to let our listeners know whenever that
3: press conference is well, let's do a Twitter space. Okay. Let's in, let's bring the people in. It would have to fall exactly in parameters where I'm not doing something <laughs> or would rather not be doing something else, I should say. All you got to do is, is be it on does. your phone and watch. It should be easy. I it's mean, Sessler's like, not involved. If, if we're not going to be able to get I, him I to just do feel anything. like we're
5: spending a lot of time together over this week <laughs> and what sounds like next week. So I'm, you know, I'm guarding After against that as well. After your very public re- mm.
3: revelation about your feeling about uh, the editorial side of things here, I don't imagine we'll get him for any extra work.
4: <laughs> you know, So um, what would be a great twist to that Russell Wilson press conference is is if Russell Wilson, as he's been known before, actually is the one that ends up asking uh, a big time question like to his wife, Ciara.
7: So this is fun. I get to be on set with you. You know? we're going to have a little fun today, huh?
1: Yes. So, so guys, the funny thing is is that Russ makes me really nervous. (laughs) Uh, I do. So, yes, you do. For some reason, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I kind of know why, but I don't know. I always feel so vulnerable when when I'm with you in this setting, but... Well, I do
7: know everything about you, first of all. And (sighs) second of all, I'm going to make you more nervous right now. You guys want me to make her more nervous? No,
1: no, we don't. Make her more nervous. (laughs) No, why? Well,
7: what is happening? I have a question for you. What? Serious question.
1: No, what's going on? He's not Can his we have right
7: more now. babies?
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, it would be perfect. Just give me one more. Can we have more babies? Why Did is everything with him connected to that? Like, I think <laughs> that's his currency for "I'm cool." Is I'm in relations with my wife, who's an extremely beautiful woman. I sure. get it. Yes. But you don't have to be so out front about it at all times that I'm doing this with this person. Like, we get it. It's <laughs> it, it's something that we're aware of. It's, That's assume, how marriage it's already works.
5: assumed to some degree. It's, he's a hot-blooded he individual. He can't help it.
3: <laughs> I, I applaud it. It's
4: my favorite thing about Russell Wilson.
3: Anyway, you did. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the Flashpoint series, which, yes, unfortunately, last week, hiatus. Unfortunately, next week, hiatus. But this week, (laughs) it's back today with, yes, Baker Mayfield. The focus, the the name that's on the tip of everyone's tongue right now. (laughs) Tony Grossi, longtime scribe in Cleveland, uh, will be with us in just a bit. And it should be noted that we're about to get to the news with Carson Wentz who's the latest big-name quarterback to be moved in a trade. Uh, Ricky, I believe, hit me the horns again. I believe he was the first subject of the Flashpoint series. It's about getting in front of the story, not reacting to the story. That's what the Flashpoint's about. Right.
5: Looking backwards, we could have done it on an, any number of quarterbacks. can do that because we are doing it on Baker. It, it suggests, you know, almost energy-wise, that something massive will happen with Baker Mayfield. Ooh, that's a good one. In the next ten to right. fourteen days, maybe next
4: week we'll be talking about his, you know, new quarterback battle that he's involved in, or the fact he was traded to Minnesota for Kirk Cousins. Right, Mark's worst nightmare. Or
3: the Houston Texans for Deshaun. <laughs> or he Watson. rolls out another couple dopey commercial campaigns. Like all these things are Lower in pride. Retain? Oh yeah. Let's hit the news. I'm just finding ways to just keep getting
7: workouts in and uh, even on the honeymoon, just finding ways to keep getting a little rehab in and things like that. Where were you uh, as far as rehab? I got some workouts in.
3: We got a theme here, Carson Wentz. (sighs) Uh, We get it. Athletes thirsty. You're married. We get it. It's part of the deal. Carson Wentz (laughs) is on the move once again. Where? To Washington, where he becomes the first quarterback in the commander's portion of their history. Washington have agreed to Ooh. acquire Wentz in a trade with the Colts. Rap Sheet reported on Wednesday, the trade cannot be fa- finalized until the new league year begins March 16th. But it's happening. The pending deal involves a 2022 third round pick. And next year's third rounder that can convert to a second rounder based on incentives. You'll remember that the previous Wednesday trade, including an incentive-based deal that turned a second round pick into a first rounder that the Colts aren't so happy about. Uh, the Eagles own that pick as a result. Anyway, NFL Network's Mike Garofolo added the trade also includes a swap of 2022 second round draft picks. The Colts now hold the number 42 overall pick. The mm. Commanders pick at 40 seven ESPN had the news first Why? So (laughs) Greg Wentz spent just one season in Indianapolis and uh, the Colts end up uh, moving on and they are now going to be on their fifth quarterback in five years. Uh, But ultimately we knew this was coming. What do you think about the Washington commander side of this? Is this an upgrade for them? No,
4: it's a terrible idea. I can't believe the Colts got so much. Like what's gonna what's it gonna take for this guy's sticker price to go down? The Colts have to be thrilled just of what they got today. If if you look at the trade that they made last year, it was kind of a disaster. You know when you when you think about how it ended, but they gave up a first round pick um, for one year of Carson Wentz and a third, which actually doesn't sound as bad when I like put it out like that as as I felt because. You do have to take chances. Maybe there was a chance it was going to work. I didn't expect it. It didn't. The fact that they're going to get a three and very possibly a two. And oh, by the way, they got to move up five spots in the second round
3: this year. I'm just stunned that there was that much of a market for him. You did answer your own question. His sticker price has gone down, but not nearly as far as I think you may have expected. I just don't think he's better than Jacoby Brissett, who's out there for free.
4: You know who's out there for ten million dollars, or the difference between disagree, but, okay. the difference between him and Jacoby Brissett and Andy Dalton and whoever, uh, even Teddy Taylor. You don't have to give up pick. To me, is so minimal to borderline. There might not be any, and I might rather have Brissett and Dalton. That giving up this quantity of picks seems crazy to me, and a way for everyone to get fired in Washington.
5: It's total desperation. If 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 the casual Commanders fan didn't know that Martin Mayhew was the general manager, he's on their radar now because they basically just took on a Indianapolis headache. In, in the money side of it, too, because I honestly would rather have Taylor Heineke at his cost than Carson Wentz at his exorbitant cost. The move also opens up $70 million, Essentially, the Colts next week, when this thing goes down, will have $70 million in cap space and these picks that Chris Ballard picked up. The Carson Wentz acquisition, it was a total failure What's your for favorite the Colts. Type of frog? But Ballard, you have to say... Came out of this as looking about as good as possible. I mean, they, basically, Frank Reich is saying we don't mm. want this quarterback. He was in the best possible situation Carson Wentz could be in as a handoff droid to Jonathan Taylor. Just keep the mistakes low. Do we trust Washington to maximize this player? At not at all.
3: I don't. Th- I, I'm a little confused because uh, I'm seeing this. I hear it from you, Mark. Here's an RG3 tweet from earlier today. Masterful job by GM Chris Ballard <laughs> and the Colts to even get that much in return for Carson Wentz when they made it clear they didn't want him as soon as the season ended. Hey, you didn't have to make it that clear, number one. <laughs> number two, you need to get ding for trading for the man in the first place. Absolutely. They okay, do. so he let's does. calm down about Ballard being some type of genius here. He was able to unload him. I agree with that. I don't like to trade for Washington. I don't think it makes them better. Uh, but at the same time, like... For, to say, like, now the Colts are uh, back in, like, the driver's seat. Well, guess what? They're still... Well, who's saying they're in the driver's seat? No, well, they, they they you're saying, you're no, saying they have 70 they million made in
4: no, no,
5: no, It was a face-saving move. And I think that Chris Ballard... But it's not said, done yet. Like, it's not done. But he, I, I agree with what Zach Kiefer said previously, which was the Colts this season, and it's not a great look for any of them, might have to get worse at quarterback before they get better. They are in the market
3: for Jimmy G. That's a possibility. All right, Someone, but that's my point exactly. So we're going to say, it's a, bad oh, QB market. a genius move. You got rid of Wentz. You take on um, Jimmy G, for instance. Ian Rappaport quickly, and I thought this was notable, immediately after Schefter broke the news, uh, Ian followed it in, said he also had this as a report, and then said, now Jimmy G enters the picture. If that's the end result for the Colts, to me it just points out that, no, Chris Ballard and the Colts are not on the right track and they re- will remain in purgatory. They found a sucker for Wentz, good for them. But I, I still, th- I see both of these organizations kind of stuck in the mud right, already. Right no
5: one called it a genius move. It's like essentially they could have gotten stuck. Cutting. Well, RG three called it could, a masterful they, job. All right, but yeah, that, that, that's no that's one on much. this show did. Like, that, like you could have essentially got stuck releasing Carson Wentz if there were no takers. He got value for it. The whole idea they went down that avenue is what we argued about all last offseason, saying this is going to work or it's not. And I mean, I think it was pretty strongly on the side of this thing is not going to work and it didn't work. Right. I, I think
4: it's less about the Colts, you know, saving face. And they did. They, they have to be happy just with what they got. A couple couple picks, it's fine. And more about Washington just making a bad decision. Like, I just think they were in on... Russell Wilson, we've heard they were you know, tiptoeing around with Deshaun Watson, but that's obviously been in a holding pattern. They reportedly offered three first-round picks to Russell Wilson, uh, or for Russell Wilson, and that was shot down. It's pretty clear, because it's all Washington media reporting it, that that information that they gave up three firsts, that, hey, we tried. We tried to get Russell Wilson, but they didn't want to trade him in the NFC, was coming from the team. I don't believe that. I believe that Russell Wilson had a no-trade clause, and there's been other reporting about that, and he made it clear which teams he would go to and which teams he wouldn't. He had total control. He got that in his his contract. Good job by him. He had total control over where he was going to go. There was another report. It hasn't really been confirmed by the big guys that Philadelphia was snooping around on Russell Wilson, too, but he wanted Denver. He thought Denver was the right fit. I think Washington, in the last two off-seasons, has paid for the last two decades... Of mismanagement in terms of Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson, ultimately were two big time quarterbacks that didn't want to go there, and, and I think that was a factor in the fact that they didn't get him. And I think in, and they were so determined that they're we got to get a quarterback, we got to get a quarterback with upside that it that they went for this Carson Wentz move, and they've convinced themselves. It's somehow better than Andy Dalton or Jacoby Brissett or Teddy or Jameis or whoever, and I just don't, I just don't think he is. I really don't. If you look at his, like people have thrown out, hey, he was a top five quarterback in certain numbers last year, even when it was going well, not a top twenty PFF guy. Which matters more to me? Not a top twenty guy in yards per attempt. Like you can have t- a good touchdown to interception ratio in Indianapolis. Jacoby Brissett was eighteen to four in Indianapolis under Frank Reich. Philip Rivers had amazing stats. I don't know. It
5: it makes no sense to me. I don't think he can play that well. Well, the TD to ratio thing. I mean, now everyone is dismissing that and throwing it out like it
4: I don't also want to get doesn't a side matter. sidetrack, but, but
3: Philip Rivers did not have amazing stats with the Colts.
4: My point is, though, like he had significantly better stats than yes. than Carson I Wentz. Just, I can't that my go My point, point is, it's like a QB stat factory, and so his like raw TD to interception ratio in a good. Situation doesn't tell me much. He, didn't, he wasn't playing that well if you watched the game, game. Go ahead.
5: No, the one upgrade, though, that I would see with Jimmy G is this is the second team in a row where the optics for Carson Wentz locker room wise don't look great. They just don't. He, I think he annoyed them, obviously, by not getting vaccinated this past season as the quarterback. There have been a couple of those situations. But Jimmy G, at least, is beloved by teammates. Like, There's no question that that elongated his run last season inside that locker room and on the field for them. I just think that's something that the Colts are trying to tell you. It's like, if Frank Reich, who is the best possible tutor for Carson Wentz, is saying, we're giving this guy away. That the that another team came and chased him down and gave value for him is stunning to me. And it tells me that Washington, for all the kudos last year for, the, you know, Ron Rivera's changing the culture and all this, part of it is making smart moves. And they took on a ton of money for a quarterback with a ton of question marks. And then, yeah, and the money doesn't even bother me that much. He's making $20,
4: $22 million. That was one of the nice things for the Colts. There's no dead cap. All the guarantees have been paid out. It's just a year-to-year contract around 20 to $22 million, which is not that much for a guy who will be your starter. It's just like he's not that good. And they they could all be gone next year if this goes poorly. I think people missed how, how truly bad the Washington football team was last year. Now they're their commanders, but they were a very lucky 7-10. They were 27th in defensive DVOA with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera. I know they had a lot of injuries, but their defense, which is supposed to be their bread and butter went backwards and now you have Carson Wentz. I feel bad for Scott Turner, who I think is a good offensive play caller and just has been in tough situations. And I feel bad for Terry McLaurin. And I feel bad for
3: us. If they put them in prime time a lot, you know, that will happen because it's the NFC. My kind of overarching viewpoint on this. Yes. Carson Wentz dunking is a a social media pastime for everybody that follows the sport. That's fine. Um, he, He failed ultimately in Indianapolis, although I don't think he was the total failure. And now that he looks like in hindsight, there were definitely some highs mixed in with the lows. Uh, but for Washington, this isn't any franchise-burying move for them. They Yes, they gave away some mid-round picks, which they didn't have to do. They took on the money, but they can get out of the deal if he stinks this year. They will fire everybody, could get people fired. But if you're a Washington fan that's annoyed by this deal, and I get it, your, your team probably wasn't a Super Bowl team to start with this year. He becomes to me kind of like a bridge guy, like your version of Jared Goff, and when and if it doesn't work out, you get rid of him and you start over with a better draft class next year. Yeah, but you, you don't have that third and you don't have I that know, two. but I'm just saying it's not we're not losing well, first round it, picks. But that's that's a rosy What's view a, of it, though. That's what bad but organizations do. it's more the reality, do. I think. It's not something that's going to sink their organization for years to come. It's just a shaky personnel move that will affect them in the short term. Right, but it's
4: also the type of process that they've been in making bad decisions for, a long, this is, for a long time. I agree with that. They're as mediocre
3: as any organization can get. They're stuck in the mud. They are just like they exist. And if they think that this move is going to change that, it's, it's simply not. I'd rather not.
5: see them take a quarterback at number 11. And I don't think this should stop them from doing anything no, like I don't
4: that. Think, yeah,
3: and I don't think it will. I don't think it'll change their quarterback but don't reach for a quarterback Strategy. this year in a bad right. draft. They probably and end up put- with a Dwayne Haskins again that set you back four more years. Like, well, that killed him too. Do it, you know, do it right. If you don't like this crop of quarterbacks coming in, then go ahead and wait out this year with Carson Wentz and then dive in hard next year. I think
5: the har- the hardest know. thing for a C- Commanders fan or fanatic <laughs> is like
3: when you suddenly My don't- favorite subplot of the pod now is every time you say Commanders Commanders right.
4: in a tweet yesterday. I just haven't even gotten used to saying it or saying it you. It's right. the
5: newness of it but I mean you don't trust your front office anymore. And I mean, there was some hope there. They have a, there is talent on offense. There is talent on defense. And but even to your point, last season they were just not very good team. The year before, go look at the quarterbacks that they beat to get in, to win that t- horrible NFC East. I mean, it, on on the whole, Ron Rivera is overseeing a mediocre offering.
3: Hmm. I think everybody's gone next year, and uh, Man, uh, you know,
4: get a new stage set yeah, again. again, there, there's a lot going on. Washington fans, the ones that have stuck around are are diehards. And they they deserve better, and it's just hard to to get excited. I I I truly believe that there's no difference between him and a Tyrod or a Jacoby Brissett or those guys that are just sort of like you know you, they're not really starters or but a that, Taylor Heineke. That's where that's or or Taylor Heineke. I put him maybe a little lower than those. Guys
5: I just <laughs> like I think Taylor Heineke probably is someone that was loved in that locker room, and I think Carson Wentz brings all sorts of questions on that front. I don't like that in a quarterback.
0: Irish Spring Body Wash
2: and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in the bathroom in my house.
3: On Tuesday, But that wasn't the only other. There's only one other player that was on the team going into yesterday morning that was a member of the Super Bowl 48 champion Seahawks. It was Bobby Wagner. Both players were taken in the second round of that year's draft. And now, or the year before his draft, now they're both gone. Bobby Wagner, released by the Seahawks, spent 10 years in Seattle, started 150 games. Six-time All-Pro. The man is on a Hall of Fame track. And the Seahawks, I think, obviously are revealing here that they are a team obviously very much in transition. But once you get rid of Wilson and Wagner on the same day Mm -hmm. to boot, you start to wonder what their intentions are. Are they tearing the whole thing down and starting from scratch? That's what I took out of this one, Greg.
4: I, I understand that, but I also think Pete Carroll's too old and not wired for rebuilding. And they had to take a lot of dead money to get rid of Russell Wilson, which is a, which is unfortunate for them. He's still $26 million on their cap. But Wagner was in a situation coming into this offseason that it it really looked like there was a good chance he was going to get cut no matter what. what. And he can still play. He's still an above-average, good middle linebacker who I think a lot of teams will be interested in because of everything he brings, leadership, smarts, and all that. But he had a $20 million cap number, which is just wild for an off-ball linebacker. And they're basically saving all that money. We're hearing reports that they're already in on Deshaun Watson. I think they're going to be in uh, in the quarterback market in general and in, and in the free agent market. I think they're going to try to rebuild this thing, and it, it really wouldn't surprise me if Deshaun Watson ends up being their quarterback this year and Wagner at $20 million dollars just didn't make a lot of sense for them, even though I think it will make sense for some teams out there.
5: Yeah, he saves them also almost seventeen million by moving them. I, I kind of get it. Uh, I think that's the clearly they're rebuilding off of the end of an era. I mean, this is a this is the you know the third or fourth iteration of a Pete Carroll squad at this point. But they're going to look different. I think if you go and get Deshaun Watson, I mean, there is a com- you've solved a lot of issues there, a hundred percent. I mean, as for Bobby Wagner, I mean, it'd be depressing l- though for a lot of Seahawks fans. Well, it- I think. It would be, but I think right now is is extremely depressing because there's no answer uh, at that at that point. But I wonder if the Cowboys might be a landing spot for Bobby Wagner because Dan Quinn basically has called him like the best defensive player he's ever coached, and you could see him. Matched with Micah Parsons, and I also wonder if Tyler Lockett could be the next person to go in Seattle if this is a deeper rebuild than we think. Why though? Yeah, why would you get rid of Tyler Lockett? There's whispers out there. There's whispers that well, they they're getting rid of great players, right? But I wonder.
3: Wagner made sense. I'm no John Idzik here, uh, capologist, but if the Cowboys can't even figure out how to pay their own guys right now, Wagner might be a tough sell. But Again, sometimes with the salary cap, it doesn't make sense. And then all of a sudden you hear it like, oh, okay, maybe it is. But that is a very Dallas Cowboys move. Um, Yeah, it will be interesting with the Watson thing. Seattle under Carroll and Schneider definitely have a track record of taking in guys with checkered past and saying we're going to look past that or we're going to work with the player. And we know he's talented. Watson, at the same time, isn't a dude that got a DUI arrest or a guy that failed a drug test like there is more to the Watson story and you know where we stand right now by the way let's touch on it quickly is his criminal sexual misconduct case will be presented to a grand jury on Friday 10 women filed criminal complaints not civil criminal complaints against Watson uh, with three alleging sexual assault or attempted sexual assault so we'll find out that you know it's the Houston D.A. We'll present this to a grand jury. The grand jury will come back and, and decide uh, whether the case will move forward. And if it does, I again, he is very much in limbo right now from a legal standpoint, a man who could be facing prison. Um, so... Saying that the Seahawks will go get Watson and everything will move forward, that's certainly possible. But, it, but it's also, he still might be Watson, a guy that just can't move because people don't know where he's going there is, to be. Though,
5: there is sort of bonus money and other stuff that's coming his way sooner than later. If the Texans wanted to say, and matched with another team that understood there could be a long delay until Watson's available... I still think there's interest out there. I, what, what it's if, just depressing. What that, this, like, I, he also could be suspended. Well, I think we, all, we all agree that it's no, depressing, No, no, I just right? mean but like I mean, if, you're,
4: if you're a fan, I think it's because I, li- I listened to Mina Kimes' pod and she was just like, I might be out after that. Like losing Russell Wilson and Wagner in one day and you bring in Watson next week. Mina it's just like,
3: would be in the minority, I think, overall, though. I know that's depressing to you too, but there will be a lot of Seahawks fans that would be pumped about Deshaun Watson coming into town it, as well. I. We'll see with
4: Watson. It it could take a long time, too. I think teams are going to want to know how long he's suspended for. That could take the the whole offseason for all we know. Or it could be in in next week. We, We really don't know. I thought it was somehow fitting, though. Wagner and Russell Wilson come in on the same day. They change the organization as much as two players possibly can. Pete Carroll started the process a year before, but, like, one of the best rebuilding jobs in the history of the NFL the best couple of drafts you know of the 2010s and suddenly they're winning the Super Bowl and then they're losing a heartbreaker the next year but it somehow was fitting on the day Wilson gets traded like Wagner sends out this tweet Sherman Profit and he was talking about Sherman You know, I think Richard Sherman said he he thought Russell Wilson was going to get dealt this year, uh, this offseason. He wasn't exactly dunking on Russell Wilson, but you're not exactly not dunking on him there. And then he retweets Sherman, who had this quote, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And there was this weird thing with this Seahawks run. There was a ton of drama the whole time. I mean, the days before their biggest glory their biggest moment uh, golden tate and percy harvin are getting literally in a fist fight and he's got a black eye in the super bowl <laughs> picture and then they go out and win 43 to 8 the next year they lose that patriots game and pretty much since you've heard a lot of Defensive players who maybe weren't the biggest fans of Russell Wilson. And there was just like a lot of like tension and drama, even though it was this great era in Seahawks history of like not everyone exactly getting along. And like this is kind of the exclamation point of how it all
3: ends. That will be a good thing to talk to Sean Michael Dugar about uh, who covers the Seahawks so well tomorrow. But I will know because I know you were tracking this all season, Greg, in almost a maniacal way. Uh, the DK Metcalf didn't seem to enjoy being Russell Wilson's teammate. I just went to his Twitter just to check in on it. He had no tweets, but he had a retweet of NFL game day um, celebrating Bobby Wagner's career. Not a single reference to the only quarterback he's ever played with.
4: <laughs> I didn't see almost anything <laughs> on Twitter from not, a long, lot, not
3: anyone. It's almost funny. Wentz, of like Wentz the Wilson crescendo seemed to be obviously different people, different careers and all that. But guys that are not loved necessarily by their team uh, or, or, the, or necessarily the,
4: like yeah the, co- the coaches. Comes.
3: Right. And front
4: office, too, who ended up making that decision in Seattle. I do think that was all part of the factor. Sometimes relationships just run their course.
3: Absolutely. All right. In other news. The Titans doing business. Get Gravedigger on the mic on this one. They re-signed outside linebacker Harold Landry to a five-year, $87.5 million contract. 52.5 guaranteed. Still 25 years old. Turns 26 this year. Had not been tagged, uh, leading to some questions. But, hey, don't worry about it. After 12.5 sacks last season, uh, they're hoping for more from the former second-round pick. Gravedigger, your thoughts on a big, fat extension for a core player of your defense? I think it's a great move for the Titans. It's,
8: I think it's a great move for the Titans. Lock up Harold Landry. Keep that front four intact. One of the best front fours in football last season. And Landry may not be a great player. He's definitely not an elite pass rusher in terms of like winning one-on-one against offensive tackles. But he does so much for the Titans' defense specifically that I think replacing him would have been difficult. The contract works out to $17.5 million per year, Ooh. so kind of high, but it's not Bosa range. It's not Watt range. It's not $28 million a year. It's you know $10 million less than that. And uh, Harold Landry actually leads all edge defenders with 346 coverage snaps since the start of 2019. So Give me that data. Versatile player for the Titans defense. I think it's a good move.
5: He's been really durable, too. 950-plus snaps, three years running. I mean, you're right. He fits what oh, they yeah. do. They've got Jeffrey Simmons. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. What? Go on. You're making I, a good point. I'm good. I'm done. Your
3: point was so good that you agreed with
5: yourself. <laughs> I'm good. You got to probably extend Jeffrey Simmons at some point. A.J. Brown as well. There's more business little, to do.
4: Little extension for Tyre Tart, too, who who wasn't really an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, ERFA. But they are... They're old school. He's old school. He plays a 1,000 snaps per game. They're just, I mean, per season. Like, there are very few edge defenders who do that. I think all of the Patriots-type teams were going to be ready to pay Harold Landry a lot of money because... He would fit in on those like 80s Giants defenses. There just aren't many guys like that that you can keep out there that can do everything for a thousand snaps. Bobby Wagner, who we just spoke about uh, coincidentally, is one of those guys, too. He's one of the only off-ball linebackers that can play a thousand snaps and not kill you in coverage. So I think it's a sign guys are going to get crazy money between this contract and the Mike Williams contract. The free agent contracts are going to be enormous because these these have kind of been next level big for these types of players. Digger, can
3: I ask you a question? Yeah. Digger. <laughs> um, you have teams like contenders in the AFC, like the Colts, uh, fringy contenders like the Browns getting flashpoint focuses. Mm-hmm. You have the Broncos pulling off a huge trade. And then you have the Titans, again, always just beneath the surface with their quarterback coming off a a hideous playoff performance. (laughs) Do you you think to yourself when you see something like what the Broncos did, as a Titans fan, you're like, am I cool with how down low we are and and entrenched with our QB situation? Or would this have been a window for us to try to make some noise?
8: I think... I am cool personally. There's a lot of Titans fans I yesterday. Think Gary, is this a flashpoint Thanks. on the Titan right here? We're doing a flashpoint. We're, we're wow. not the
4: only ones. Justin Graver, the ladies of Los Angeles
5: agree. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> Go ahead, Justin.
8: Um, no, I think there was there was people saying the Titans 2022 season is over yesterday, or. Uh, one. <laughs> Wait, per- Why? Because they weren't the ones to get Aaron Rodgers or Russell uh, Wilson. Like, give me a break on that. But that
3: never. What I guess my point was, you haven't heard anything about the Titans thinking about should we try to get. back. I'm not saying there they were should. little whispers about yeah. Rodgers in
8: Tennessee. Mike Florio had said that the there was a deal in place with the Titans, the Steelers, and one other team. I can't mm. remember for for Green okay. Bay. Oh, Denver. Um, for Rodgers, and obviously, I don't think that that was really. Necessarily true. I'm not saying anyone's a liar, but maybe some misreports fed to him there. Uh, I think John Robinson and Mike Vrabel made it pretty clear mm. recently that they are sticking with Ryan Tannehill for at least one more season. His contract kind of forces them to, unless they could find a trade partner. But then, like, who do you replace him with if if Aaron Rodgers is not an option? So he led the Titans to the number one seed last year with tons of injuries. His playoff performance was brutal, but. I think you have to run it back with him one more time and just see if you know you can add a couple more weapons to the offense. Someone who can take the top off the defense and see what happens. I mean, he
5: fits them too. He's he a nasty. Like How I think he, they love him inside the How locker
3: room. How close is Ryan Tannehill to the Dalton line?
5: He what? He was the replacement for Andy Dalton when, when he, he, was in Miami, he was in Miami with
4: scale. Right. We called him the Tannehill, yeah. but but it was a uh, it was a good sign. That he was doing that with Adam Gase as his quarter, as his coach. He's mm. actually that you have to adjust for ga- Gaseyness. I just it would be a little worried as a Titans fan that John Robinson crying at the combine was kind of the main story of your offseason. That's pretty <laughs> much
3: the most attention the Titans it's are okay going to get. It's okay to be emotional as a I liked man. that. No, I thought I that great. was, liked it. evolved. I thought yeah. it was great. This it, is not 1950 anymore. It's not. Everybody doesn't have to be John Wayne. I'll cry at any, uh, anything, I know, any movie. You any all people calling him out. I'm not
4: calling him out. I'm saying that that is the most attention. <laughs> the most notable thing okay. that, they, that has Titans happened. The Titans don't get right. a lot of juice nationally. That got some juice nationally. No, I, I was balling on the way to Indianapolis. I watched this Oscar short called Audible. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's about care. football, so it's related. <laughs> it's about a, a school for the Deaf's football team. It's 38 minutes on Netflix, and it is incredible filmmaking. People should watch it. It's great.
3: That's good. You know, I I saw your tweet and I I just reminded me the crying, the emotional honesty of your tweet uh, really jumped out to me to the point where I was going to end the week by maybe us doing our latest share of pop culture. Okay, things that jump out to us. Uh, But there you go. You just you popped it out there. I'll I'll say um, (laughs) I'll say you guys. Everybody's got to check out Gang of Youths. That's an artist out of Australia. Maybe our Australian listeners are aware. Graver, you know them? Uh, no. Oh, man. I'm way in on this, this band. They're my new favorite band. I went out, me and Bob of Throwback Podcast fame, went out and got uh, concert tickets. They're coming to L.A. Just keep an eye out for Gang of Youths. Mark, you're up.
5: <laughs> I like the idea of Gang of Youths. Uh, I will listen to them. I have started watching that winning time, the Lakers deep dive, mm. uh, which I was a little suspicious of going in and uh, found it quite enjoyable. There's, so there is a thing, though. There's an element. Adam McKay directed it and they use like the break the fourth like wall thing. I like it.
3: Oh, it not was, that. I thought oh. you meant the aesthetic of it give, making it feel like it's gritty early 80s, the visual of They do of a great it. job yeah. with
5: that. And I mm-hmm. think if you were, you know, if a lot of us became NBA fans back during that time, it is, It there's a lot added because of that. But they do this break the fourth wall thing maybe 27 too many times in the yeah, first episode. Yeah, a little gimmicky.
3: Yeah. It really worked in the big short and now it's become like his go-to thing and it's like, just dial up. Bro, I'm not in the industry. I'm not an <laughs> auteur, but uh, maybe bring it down a notch with the fourth wall breakage. Just a notch. <laughs> now, all right, that said, let's move on. Greg definitely wanted to talk about Eric Fisher, so let's clear the runway Well, I Rosenthal. made this little run- news rundown
4: before <laughs> Wentz and before some other news for dropped. Sure. Hey, um, but it's already been brought
3: up, so now it's out there. Go ahead, buddy. When
4: you think about the culture, it's like, oh, this great offensive line, which is like, Good, but I wouldn't say it was otherworldly last year. Uh, but they don't have a left tackle. Eric Fisher's not expected to be re-signed. They don't have their right guard, Mark Glowinski, who's probably the weakest point. Uh, except there's a lot going on with the Colts. They don't have a lot of weapons. They they don't have a, a great-looking pass rush. It's, it's Ballard time. He's got to fix some things. I think they're going to be extremely aggressive in the next month. They have no tight end right now.
3: Mark mentioned.
4: Oh, yeah, Doyle. Retired, Allie Cox. Is a wide receiver's
5: rough. QB's a nightmare.
3: Mark mentioned uh, Zach Kiefer earlier, and Zach brought up the point in our first flashpoint that the Colts have really good players at the quote-unquote non-premium positions. And that's a little bit of an issue. They, they have these holes at what are deemed to be the most important positions in the league. Left tackle, quarterback, uh, wide receiver one among them. Uh, and that needs to be addressed. All right. Finally, I, I swear to God on this. I don't know what's going on. I have no idea. I woke up this morning. Woke up this morning. Whatever happened to Gary Cooper? I woke up this morning, and now I just refreshed it, and it's still there. I don't know how this is possible. On ESPN.com, the top headline, the top headline on their NFL page. Now, I understand. The main, uh, what do they call it? The uh, homepage or the, uh, what are they call uh, little Give me some jargon for the industry. Homepage, vertical. The vertical is Carson Wentz now. Good. Colts trading QB Wentz to commanders. But on the right bar, the top headline remains sources colon giants likely to make a run at QB Trubisky. How has this been the number one headline for seven hours on ESPN.com? What am I missing about this Mitch Trubisky fascination that everyone in the national media seems to have about his pending free agency. Like, okay, I get it. Brian Dable brought him in as a backup under Josh Allen. And now Brian Dable's like coach of the giants. But even before the giants were directly connected, there's been way too much Mitch Trubisky talk uh, in football circles and I demand to know what's going on because it's starting <laughs> to feel like something bigger that I haven't been able to grasp.
5: On the ESPN angle, you're annoyed at their version of David Ealy for still having that sitting there hoisted above every but other even in transaction. Indy, all right. Even mean I in guys, Indy, it was Indy, everywhere. I mean, this, all, this all bubbled up at the Combine and I'm with you. I was out on Mitch Trubisky about six games into his career. I've never gotten back on board but suddenly all these front office figures are entranced by his potential again. Slow I, down with that. I, okay, I've got a couple of good theories. I got
4: one theory again, which I mentioned last week, too hot for the air. But uh, I have another theory. <laughs> is that like,
3: he's doing numbers. We have I, a whole other show that I has all should. the theories that are too hot for air. That's a way better podcast yeah. than this I one. I kind
5: of wish you would share that
4: theory. Yeah. But, but
3: uh, I bet he does numbers.
4: He's like the Terrell Pryor of 2022. 20, uh, I, I, I've I told this story on does the podcast, numbers? but it's been about six years. Like Calvin Ridley since does since numbers? I told it. Like whenever, when I was... Um, the Around the NFL editor and working on the stack sort of... Any Terrell Pryor oh, story just did great numbers. Metrics, It yeah. could just be... Didn't matter what was about, Terrell Pryor. And I bet maybe Trubisky because he crosses a few different lines and the uh-huh. Bears fans. Who and knows? the Giants. Who knows the Giants. And first it's just round working. Pick. But the, the part that was really rich for me in this Trubisky reporting was... Well, he... He could be going to the Giants. They really want him, but they might not be able to afford him. What? What is going on? I don't know. <laughs> He's got a great agent, I'm clearly, you, but this
3: is ridiculous. <laughs> I Now I understand what you're saying initially because, for instance, as an example on a different platform, uh, the Around the NFL broadcast on NFL Network does a big number. Every time we're on the air, that show, whether it's one hour or two, and Ricky could back this up with data if, if it's asked for, but you don't have to. Just trust us. We do a huge number. I mean, it's just, some people say, an astronomical number. I mean, carrying the network to some degree, reportedly. Right. So you're saying Trubisky does a huge number it's in a stack. That's a guess. But if it's
4: staying that high in the stack, it's a metrics business. Right. And that's likely part like, of the equation. Like, put us on at yeah.
3: four in the morning. Don't, uh, give us one commercial a week. Little uh, tebow like was, of course, a big, oh, a big right. driver. Right. I think Dan
5: and Mark know about
3: that Right. Adventure. Right. Like, we will we'll give you a giant number on television. We don't need the time slot. We don't we don't need the promotion.
4: I mean, he, listen, it's a it's a sound he argument. Even, <laughs> he didn't even make my top uh one hundred. It kind of gets to my point about why you don't trade for Carson Wentz, because I am not a Trubisky fan, but he's in that mix of all these guys that I just mentioned, Dalton and Tyrod and Jacoby Brissett and all these guys. So, like they're all about the they're, they're not a huge difference from Wentz. Well, the other aspect that he's in there. being
5: brought in with the intention to push Daniel Jones, and that if he outshined him in the lead up to Action! the season. Well, he was
4: with Dayball, so that. Yeah. That he knows Mariota's the out there too. Case Keenum, It's like, well, what does it mean? By does the thing. I do
5: like, though, it does tell you that the Giants, uh, unlike with Eli Manning, aren't forcing quietly ownership, the coaching staff, to go with Daniel Jones no matter what, if they found a better solution.
3: Right. But if, if Mitchell's the better solution. If Trubisky is your solution and he's going to have an actual camp battle, uh, that tells you a lot about. <laughs>
9: Wait, and Ch-
4: Schefter just uh, uh released a podcast which is, you know, embedded within this article about Trubisky that's got Trubisky in the headline. Like that's Trubisky. his lead covering Thumbs all up. the headlines There's featuring Trubisky. Here. I think he's even getting interviewed. What is going on right now? Very high Q There's rating. a Kabbalah right now. I don't know what's happening. Kabbalah? <laughs> cabal? cabal.
3: <laughs> a cabal. Trubisky, cabal. Where is uh well, we got to take a break in a second because Tony Grossi is about to join us. The Flashpoint series is going off with episode It's a pro
4: Trubisky cabal. Never used that word before out
3: loud and it didn't go well. I want to see where, where did Wentz come down on Rosenthal's QB index end of season? Just out of curiosity.
4: I mean, we did add backups to the mix with the very last <laughs> one. Like if you started any game, which kind of made it a little wonky. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, there was a couple of backups that were interesting. He was 19th. He's 19th. Right okay. next to Teddy. Right next to Teddy. Let me guess. Teddy's ahead of him, though. Teddy's one spot ahead. Of course. Right next to Teddy and Jimmy G. Right one. You know. Teddy could be the Colts quarterback. Tua, Jared Goff, Jones. All right.
5: All right. We you know gonna... who's
4: number 25 on that list? A little tough to admit
3: right now. He's, com- so... he's coming up on the show. Oh, tease I it. Know it is. Flashpoint focus. Tease it. All right. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Flashpoint series continues with Baker Mayfield.
2: Angie can even help with extremely specific projects. Just tell them what you need and Angie will find the right solution for you. Get started at Angie.com, that's ang dot or download the app today.
5: Point. Flashpoint.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. The Flashpoint series is back. <laughs> Focusing on... Whose voice was that? <laughs> Don't worry about it. Focusing on... on of course, it's La <laughs> Okay. Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. And to help us navigate this murky time in Browns history, we welcome in a man who knows his Cleveland sports, Tony Grossi, Browns and NFL analyst for the land 850 ESPN Cleveland Valley Sports Great Lakes and now he joins us on around the NFL Tony, what's up? <laughs> Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for having me. Good to how, be with you. How do you feel, Tony,
4: just as, as a longtime Browns scribe? We've got a, a big Browns fan here in Mark. Like your tweets and your reports over the years um, have been heroic, really, for Mark. Like he's you are someone <laughs> that he looks up to. That's
7: accurate. Well, the good news is Mark has not uh, been blocked by me. <laughs> one, 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 one of the few, uh, I guess. I have the longest block list I think around, uh, but no, I, I I know Mark and uh, we've enjoyed each other's company over the years. I try to
5: stay civil with you, and I know that you know. You're, there's a lot of. this should be giving you hazard pay for what you've done over yeah. the years covering this team. He's called it a hundred years war in Cleveland, yeah. and you've seen many of those years, and that's that's accurate.
3: Well, let's start with the where where we're at right now in the war uh, with the Browns because. Obviously, we know the backstory here. Baker's number one overall pick in 2018. Uh, He has a great rookie year. Things kind of crescendo a season ago or now, I guess, two seasons ago with that uh, playoff run. Big win in Pittsburgh, nearly knock off the Chiefs. And then obviously the disappointment of last year. Now, Tony, with Baker, a, a day after we see Russell Wilson come to the AFC And Cleveland's window as a Super Bowl contender hypothetically still open. But where do you where do you stand on where they are with their quarterback right now? And if they have real options now and going forward?
7: Well, the options are dwindling by the day, it seems. Uh, And the Browns narrative from the from the uh, first day of the offseason, two days, a day or two after the last game has been that they expect to run it back with Baker Mayfield. Uh, heal him up. He had the surgery on his left shoulder in the middle of July, January, late January. And that narrative continued at the combine, which was our our next availability with the general manager, Andrew Barry and coach Kevin Stefanski. And uh, sure enough, there there's no evidence that there there's no real evidence that they're poking around hmm. to uh, either challenge Baker with a new number two or certainly not to replace it. So uh, at some point, I'm going to take their word for it. I know everybody in Seattle who took Pete Carroll's word that they had no intention of trading Russell Wilson, you know, should learn from that. But there's no other evidence here that the Browns are going to go against their word. And and I guess they met with Baker's uh, representation at the Combine and, and pretty much said the same thing face to face to them.
5: Well, that said, I mean, he is the rare example of a quarterback on his fifth year option who heads into this offseason, into next season with no extension. I mean, obviously, it's been it's one of the tougher quarterbacks to evaluate because it's been this sort of hot and cold act, depending on yeah. where he's been and where the team's been. I just wonder, though, my, my one question with Baker and the players around him I think that the OBJ thing, obviously. Um, I think created a wound and a scar inside that locker room, and you've got a whole new wide receiver group. But in general, uh, like Andy Janovich, for instance, like in an article that came out today by Tyler Dunn, just praise Baker the person. And where do you think the locker room is with Baker Mayfield? Are they they all sold totally that he is the quarterback, or did the OBJ fallout create I don't know an air of skepticism that can really be invasive? I think for any kind of team.
7: Well, that's a great point, Mark. That I think is very underplayed nationally. Uh, that, that means a lot so,
4: to Mark to hear that from you. Hey, <laughs> thank the, the you. Great Greg point. For he will be that. replaying
7: that <laughs> clip over <laughs> and over. No, but but it's real. Um, I think I think you know Baker is such a polarizing quarterback externally. You know, fans either love him or hate him. Um, and 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 I think he's this year became polarizing in the locker room. Uh, mm. I don't know what the ratio is though. We know OBJ uh, and his dad uh, really threw him under the bus, and everybody on the team saw saw the same thing that they see every Monday when they reviewed the film of the previous day's game, right? Uh, uh, Odell streaking open or other receivers streaking, streaking open or and, and, and Baker unable to deliver the ball on target. Um, but then you have this unique relationship with Jarvis Landry, who was – I call him soulmate with with uh, Odell. Uh so you got your top two receivers now that seemingly turned against mm. Baker. Uh then as OBJ went through his Super Bowl run, uh you would get a number of browns on social media just, you know, falling over backwards to congratulate and express love and it became almost like an indictment of of Baker, you know, because um everyone knew the relationship there. Furthermore, Baker on two occasions uh, down the stretch of the last season spoke in national interviews about, <clears throat> there's no manual for what I'm going through. Uh, repair He talked of repairing relationships inside the building. And I think that's what he was referring to is that some of the players, uh, hmm. lost confidence in them, let's say lost trust in him. So that that's, uh, to me, it was as much a part of Baker's demise as his shoulder injury, his left shoulder injury. And, uh, you know, you could repair the shoulder. Can you repair those relationships totally? Well, it looks like they the, the strategy of doing that might be to just replace the entire wide receiver core with new people.
4: Right. there, there's an expectation that Jarvis Landry could be an ex-Brown. That, that hasn't yeah. happened yet, obviously. Where do you think his... Uh, relationship in, with Kevin Stefanski is and and the confidence of Stefanski in Mayfield. Because one of your uh, longtime colleagues, Mary Kay Cabot, had reported a couple times that Mayfield was frustrated with Stefanski's play calling. And that came at a, a particular point in the season that when I saw that report in the public, I just thought, oh, man, this this makes me think a divorce is going to happen this off season that that was coming out in the media. Cause that that's ugly. If your quarterback uh, is quietly or people around him are criticizing the, the play calling.
7: Yeah. I, I don't think it it's to that extent that it would be the reason for a divorce, but clearly there was frustration there from Baker's end and, you know, overly conservative play call lack of trust from the coach in key situations and, uh, go back to a Chargers game where it was a great game and Baker was still playing well at that time I think week four or something like that and there was a key moment where they had a third and 14 and they handed off to Kareem Hunt uh, and uh, he, he gained like seven or eight yards but they had to the punt and it led to Justin Herbert taking over and, and really winning the game uh, that stung Baker that, that that you know lack of faith or confidence in the coach let's face it in years Stefanski has tried to reinvent Baker Mayfield's game you know under center more uh, uh to try to keep him in the pocket because he's got to he's got to win the pocket to create those play fakes and those 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 play action and bootlegs that are so central to Stefanski's game if teams take away those and and Stefanski talked about this at the combine he didn't blame it on the shoulder injury he, he, he attributed to teams Taking it away, and so okay. So how do you how do you work around that? Well, you've got to win from the pocket. The quarterback's got to make plays from the pocket, and then that lessens, and then you can use the other stuff. So I think there is some friction there. You know, Baker's a uh, gunslinger, right? In college, he's not a gunslinger in Stefanski's offense, and, mm. and I think that that is the heart of, of you know what rankles him.
3: So again, like turning now back to the QB landscape of right now, Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Not an option. Russell Wilson, no longer an option. Kyler Murray is another big name that's out there, but it feels like the most likely scenario is maybe at least one more rocky year in Arizona. But who knows? But then there's the one guy that kind of hangs over everything, which is Deshaun Watson. And we know the naughty issue uh, around the Houston quarterback. Is in your um, dealings with Stefanski, with Andrew Barry, is Deshaun Watson a guy that could potentially be laying in the weeds here with the Browns?
7: I don't think so. Uh, first of all, you know, with Deshaun Watson waived his no trade to play in Cleveland, that, let's forget about that issue. That's a real issue, though, in, in Houston trying to trade him, right? But but other than that, you know, the the Browns, all they needed to do was hand in the card, and they could have had Deshaun Watson as a, as a as a rookie coming out of the draft with the, uh, the number 12 pick in, in that draft, which they traded to Houston and uh, andrew barry was part of that regime at that time at that time he didn't have gm power or authority but he was around so he knows what uh, paul de and and at the time sashi Braun thought of deshaun watson and maybe he shared that opinion maybe not but i, I don't think they're up for such a dramatic and costly acquisition
5: hmm. It's. I mean, Andrew Barry is in a tough spot because if the NFL quarterback pay structure were a little bit more uh, negotiable, Baker Mayfield would fit in a different tier than what we're seeing some of these other guys making. And so it's a tough evaluation. And, you know, he was drafted partly by Scott McLuhan, who loved Baker and kind of saw a little bit of Brett Favre in him. Do you think this front office um, innately believes in Baker? I mean, they inherited him. It, it, that, that's tough in its own. Do they believe in him? And what kind of season, what does Baker Mayfield need to do to get an extension? Because it seems like it's not just numbers. It's not just X, Y, and Z. It feels like playoffs are bust to some degree. And the Baker Mayfield experience needs to be highly positive for them to do anything but move on.
7: Hmm. Yeah, I, I thought uh, Andrew Berry showed remarkable restraint after Baker's really good season in 2020, you know, the second half of that season in not extending him. I I was one of the guys locally. I've had my, I've had my, my uh, battles with Baker and, and I felt he had proved enough to merit it. The extension after that year, but Andrew Barry didn't. And he was totally healthy there and coming off a winning season and doing something. No Browns quarterback had done since 1969, win a playoff game on the road. So, all, all of the evidence was, all, all of the argument was there to extend them then, and they didn't. So I can't see them extending them now with so much doubt now. And I and do they believe in them? I, I think they obviously do because they haven't replaced them, but I think it's not as strong as it was a year ago. They expected Baker to improve in the second year under Kevin Stefanski, and he regrets they have to determine how much the injury had to do with that they've delivered mixed messages publicly about that injury saying it had nothing to do with uh you know he practiced prior to games he looked fine he was unencumbered in practice uh and that's not the reason he couldn't roll out and all that and yet, as soon as the season ended they start saying we got to get him healthy and, and hope he comes back. So the messages are mixed there. I I don't believe during the season they attributed the injuries to his downward play. Maybe on second thought, they do a little bit more.
3: Tony Grossi, uh, thank you so much for joining us and shining a light on this situation. It's still very murky, but there's only so yeah. much that we can know right now. But it appears uh, that the Browns will He's not running under an American flag or getting trapped under one like no. Brandon Weeden. There but, are some things we like about yeah, him a little more. You've
4: gotten used to now different sorts of problems as an NFL fan. It's <laughs> That's like <yeah>. true. <laughs> when you're at the bottom, you're just like, oh, I would kill for like a mid-level quarterback that brings me to the middle. But then once you're in the middle not with the enough. quarterback in as a team, you're like, actually, this is a weird spot
3: to be too. Right. And then if you ended <laughs> up with Kirk Cousins, you'd be like, oh, man, his stats are good, but I want to win playoff games.
7: <laughs> well, just, just remember this, too. All those great quarterbacks now in the AFC, Mahomes, Burrow, Russell Wilson, Herbert. None of them has a statue of himself in front of his college stadium like Baker will have in April.
3: Ooh, so he's that's got fair that point. on all of them.
4: Lamar, Lamar
7: does, I think, doesn't he? But
3: hey, Lamar
7: Jackson does at Louisville.
4: Uh,
3: RG3 <laughs> does at Baylor. But, you know, that, listen, it's a small crew. And uh, thank you so much, Tony. Uh, we appreciate it. And good luck in the upcoming season and everything else. Thanks, Tony. Thanks.
7: We need it. Thank you.
3: (laughs) There he goes. That's a uh, local Mm. legend on the uh, Cleveland beat. And you know what, what Tony said and Mark, we talked about it in the newsroom today because I'm writing an article for the dot com on best case, worst case, most likely scenario for quarterbacks in some state of limbo. Like with Baker, we know he's not getting an extension this year, uh, but he's probably not getting replaced either. And it just feels like the the Browns are kind of just in the middle. And they're and I don't I, I'm not against them for doing this because I understand why they're kind of caught in the middle. But it is interesting to me and perhaps instructive that what Tony said about they came off Baker having a great second half in twenty twenty, winning a playoff game, nearly knocking off the Chiefs, and they still didn't pay him. They didn't even like start the process either. No chatter of it. Well, makes you makes you think that there's always been some doubts, and last year just built on it, and now it's kind of like we don't want to get out, but we also kind of you could kind of see where this is heading.
5: Yeah, I mean they're not that different. Looking at what Baker Mayfield gave you last year, for instance than the Colts in the sense that like, you could have maybe done... There's a lot of chatter of you go lateral move where you go get a Jimmy G instead of Baker Mayfield and you still have a ton of problems. I think they're just sort of sitting pat and they're going to let this thing play out for one more year. I will give Baker Mayfield one little bit of credit because we're not getting... For everyone who thinks that he's this drama magnet left and right, I mean, he's not going Kyler Murray on the Browns. He's been totally quiet about it. I think it's got to be humbling that there's no extension talk, but I don't see a Browns team... And based on exactly what he said about Andrew Barry last offseason, that is going to fall for paying in an extension at this point. Because I don't know where that Not money no – What would that money be, first of all?
4: To, the best case scenario for your thing, to me, for the Browns, is like Baker has another one of those good Baker years and he gets tagged. Like that's how they just – And they yeah. like kick it another year, uh, kick the can another year. Because his, his highs haven't quite been high enough. I, I think that you're just like – totally embrace it, and the lows have been pretty low. He he really struggled last year. I know the injuries were there, but like he was not a good starting quarterback last year. But I don't think there's the, the we-got-to-get-rid-of-this-guy vibes like they had with Wentz. Zach Kiefer, as we're taping, released this article just like how they had doubts about Wentz last summer because he couldn't take hard coaching and it just wasn't like fitting in that well in the locker room and stuff like that and the accuracy and decision making. I don't think Baker is there. He's just in the middle. And Baker that's hears dis- He's in the middle. Yeah. That's disappointing he as for a yeah. number
5: one pick, but it's also doable uh, if by you want to go make the play. Frank Reich should have understood, you know, from a previous stop that you Carson Wentz had coaching <laughs> issues, but that's a whole different.
3: Uh, and yes, we we credited the Colts for seeing their guy who had highs mixed in with lows and saying, he's not our guy, let's get rid of him. Uh, and we credited him for that. The Browns went the other direction here and they're saying, we're going to stick with them and see how it plays out. And I, I, you can make a case for both because if, for instance, you use the Jimmy G connection again, if the Colts end up with Jimmy G uh, and I guess a extra draft pick or two, They're still kind of in the same place. The Browns, at least, this is their homegrown guy. This is their number one pick. On a rookie deal. On a rookie deal for one more year. You see kind of what you have, and then you know whether or not for sure after this Mm. season. Or you don't. Or he's kind of the same thing he's been where there's some highs and lows, but he's got to stay healthy, too. And everyone
4: wants to stay employed. It's so tantalizing because if they had had the 2021 Browns defense with the way the offense was playing in 2020 when they made the playoffs, like... They could have won another playoff game. Like They were in the mix. They were an effective offense. Mayfield, I think like a Kirk Cousins has shown, at the very least, he can be the, the, uh, the what do they call it? Like kind of the guy who's just driving the car. You know, he's not going to. A, through, drive, but, a bus driver. Yeah, he could. He can keep them on a the tracks driver. with a nice little running game and defense. They can make the playoffs, keep everyone employed.
3: Pretty good seg. Now you could say you are basking in it. I mean, I enjoyed it too. I thought it was a good conversation. Tony was great. Greg was excited. Mark, Mark wore a suit jacket today because he was so right. excited. The
4: song I think is the highlight though to me. So thank you, Sydney Carlson. The legend. Sydney. Hope you're enjoying um, your first few months of marriage, like Carson Wentz was back. In I the mean, day.
3: I, Sydney is a classy uh, woman, young woman, and I can tell you she will not be dropping the breadcrumbs that seemingly everyone else does now. No. It's like, we no. get it. You're, you're in a relationship. who knows? Physical we don't, relationship. Uh, she married we, a,
5: what I think you would qualify as a hottie, too. I mean, he's a man.
4: We don't know him. Maybe he's dropping on his knee like Russell Wilson and asking uh, an important question: You know, would, would you like to start having some babies? All right, I should stop. Let's take that out. <laughs>
5: Let's take that out. <laughs> don't take don't it out. Don't take I'm it out. That yeah, it's staying women's right in month there. Yes. Yes.
3: It's it. Women's it. month
10: <laughs> and everything, Greg. That's
3: something that women are skilled at. But the thing with the Russell Wilson that continues to—that was worse than anything <laughs> yeah, I what? said.
9: What, the f- <laughs> what? That is something that women are good at. Mark, they were. Yeah, but that's that's that, come no, on, just bro.
3: leave that in too. Yeah,
9: it's staying. Now
3: I'm the only one that's getting off scot free. <laughs> pointing people. out a positive aspect of <laughs> the <laughs> makeup.
9: Yeah, what? Uh, <laughs> the, like the bean, the, what the person's the, digging, what? able to He's do? He's digging that
3: hole. What He's jumping is, in. Hit oh the music. Oh
9: my God. <laughs>
5: uh,
3: no, my point was that when Russell Wilson goes on the Ellen Show and drops down on a knee, he's he's not talking about. He doesn't want to make his family bigger. He just wants everybody to know, right? Which What's we get it. That?
5: We get it. You're not in ninth grade. Well, you know. I think he really. Their family is
3: it is quite large. The you know he, they have been popping Mister, out those babies, Mister, Mister Unlimited. Um, by the way, the biggest takeaway, and again, why? Unfortunately, Flashpoint goes back in uh, on ice uh, for the foreseeable future. But it's like one of those series where it's, you know, West used to always talk about about northern exposure, northern exposure. That was his show to me in this podcast. Flashpoint is my northern exposure. I can't wait. I hope it gets exhumed down the line because obviously it sparks a lot of positive things like Tony Grossi, a a well-known decorated beat man uh, lighting up Mark like a Christmas tree. Let's 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 listen back.
7: Well, that's a great point, Mark. Great point, Mark. Great point. (laughs) Mark, well, that's a great point, Mark. Great point, Mark, that I think is very underplayed nationally.
4: That, that means a lot to Mark to hear that from you. That, that sound drop,
5: I appreciate it. <laughs>
4: Just, the, just think—you know, t- with Tony Grossi covering the Browns when you were writing those letters to the Belichick, who knew? You know, young Mark Sessler could have never imagined I, he was—he uh, was, he was. I yeah. believe he, yeah. he was there. Tony then.
3: hadn't even finished his thought, and I—I said to Ricky, "Ricky, we got to get that clip because that will make Mark stay." And then, what did Graver do? He goes upstairs, he cuts it, he runs it back down, and now Mark, there you go—that was special.
5: A special work by Erica and Gravedigger. And I appreciate not only you on National Women's uh, Week, Erica, but also Gravedigger during Not National Man's Week.
3: Do you want to hear it again one more time? Sure. Okay, go ahead.
7: Well, that's a great point, Mark. Great point, Mark. Great point, Mark. That's a great point, Mark. Great point, Mark. That's like. it's very underplayed nationally. <laughs> that
4: that means a lot to Mark to hear that from you. I would easter egg that as like a ninety second
5: <laughs> loop or ninety minute loop after the show.
4: Just right, let but it then, play out. Then
9: I play one little sound drop and it sends you off the complete rails. Yeah, and what you was up to, with that yeah, earlier today, Mark? I said, Mark. oh yeah, just because you said a man was durable and it was funny, and instead of you yeah, just was... going on with your point, you're like, oh, God, I'm done, i got it, I'm done. I
5: bring to you in this show <laughs> my real personality the best I can, and I was agitated. I, to so go. I
9: appreciate it I appreciate your honesty he's living in all the right. moment I also appreciate you guys you know on International Women's Month asking everybody about their pop culture things and skipping over the one woman on the show I was
3: getting to you to close the show that's what oh, he was you doing it. you were know to circle back. in addition to gotcha. all the other stuff that Mark said gotcha. like five minutes ago he, he tried to narrow it down mm. to National Women's Week Week yeah. I thought
5: it was I actually thought that it was a day and I <laughs>
3: elongated it to a week yeah international woman's hour you know, my, just, with Mark just, my intention was <laughs> three
5: weeks for no, you my yeah. intention well it's just like any woman's birthday at this point in the 30s just Uh-oh. celebrate well, it for if, an entire month if, if people want to hear that you take
3: personal. Wow. am I wrong take the shovel out
9: Um. Why? I thought deeper. we had I thought we had ended the show <laughs> roughly 12 minutes ago what does women's month mean to you just procreate for the month no
5: I think I think you celebrate what they're good at you celebrate the broad spectrum of their abilities and gifts and what they bring to the earth well what? anyone wanting to hear Erica's
4: you know pop no, culture recommendations you can hear it weekly on the Jessel Nick and Rosenthal Vanity
3: Project you that's know, true so. there you go does that that's count true. does that now two pop culture recommendations by you Mark uh, Greg you had the uh, <laughs> the man that made you cry
4: It's a whole team. It's a school for the deaf. I mean, you say it's so condescending.
3: Uh, I'm not being condescending. It's very
4: much just a regular football team. It's called Audible. Audible. It's on on Netflix. It's good. It got nominated
3: for an Oscar. Audible, number one. Gang of Youths, number two. Uh, Mark, you had... Winning time about the Lakers on, eight, on HBO. Number three, then Greg com- comes off the second turnbuckle, plugging his podcast, so J R V P number te- four. You, know, you could check out Erica weekly you know, recommending Right, things. but we know what you're really doing there. You're going right. to plug in for yourself, and that's good. Throwback but, podcast also. Does that also <laughs>
5: suggest that Erica's been uh, squeezed out of this part of the show? No, because no we're, we're still there. waiting. Okay. We're, still waiting. we're still um, waiting. We're still waiting. I wouldn't stand for that during this month.
3: We're building up.
5: Well, I mean, just especially during this month, this is is
3: your month to be treated equally. Well, you know, you're You're so lucky. Thank you so Um, much. You could check out uh, (laughs) the Billboard Top 10 hits of 1992, February 92. And we have a very special for the UK audience episode coming up this week on the Throwback Podcast. And finally, Erica, your recommendation in the pop culture realm.
9: Well, there's a lot going on right now, but I'm really into the after party on, um, I think it's Apple TV Plus. Oh, it is. And it is awesome. Every episode is a different genre and from a different person's perspective of a murder. That happens, but it's a bunch of comedians. And it's like, it's not laugh out loud funny, but it's very, very smart in the way that it's written. It's very funny, very sarcastic. If you're into that type that type of stuff, super into it. Right what if
3: now. I told you that my wife, who works for my that wife. my wife who I didn't, <laughs> I have not.
6: I didn't kill my <gasps> wife.
3: To this point,
2: I don't care.
3: Works for that particular company. No, oh yeah, right, right, right. And worked on that show. Oh my so god! So I'm glad you have enjoyed seen it. Not yet. She's been trying to get me to see it. <laughs> it's, mom, it's a point it's of contention. Up. I'm sure it's <laughs> yeah. teed up in the household. It's really great. No, f- with my wife, all 12 months.
9: Oh, our international that's so woman's sweet. Mind. That's so sweet. That's
3: am I it, supposed
5: Mark? to just say the same to look?
9: You well, know, shiny. You you have you. are
4: you a shiny boy, Mark.
9: Anyway, you just be you and. All right. All right well, well, it's time to end the show
4: now. <laughs> <laughs> it was like five minutes ago. <laughs> Wait, she never get. Oh, well, wait, that's
7: she did a get great point, Mark. <laughs> <laughs>
3: all right, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with our third show and the ramp up to free agency. We'll be talking uh, the state of the Seahawks, the latest news, and anything else that crosses our way. Remember, the TV show is back from its own hiatus uh, on Friday on NFL Network, so check that out. And uh, that's it. All right, that's all. Gravedigger's like, oh, I yeah. have pop culture recommendations too. <laughs> you got your <laughs> Carol Landry conversation, Gravedigger. But thank you for getting that clip. Till Thursday, he's the call. <laughs> <laughs>